Good to have you at Seneca Church Online. We're glad to have you tuning in when there are so many options. Seneca Community Church is all about making a difference in people's lives, wherever they are, through leading people to a growing relationship with God through Christ. We want to help you wherever you are to take your next step towards Him and in Him, knowing God more personally. For some, that may be pointing you to what faith could mean for your life, and for others, it may be taking one more step on the path of faith you've been on for quite some time. Today's message was designed in prayer and thought to hopefully do just that. Please take the opportunity to listen and maybe sing along to the three songs Mariah chose for today. You can access them by clicking on the little white circle with an I in it, usually on the upright hand side. Those choices were picked to open and direct your heart to a God who loves you. Just don't rush by them or skip them as you, one might not be your favorite. Allow the words to wash over your soul, your heart. Often they speak to my heart and prepare me to hear what God wants to say to me through the message. Before we get started, know your leadership team, staff, and volunteer staff continue to discuss and pray what it will look like to resume meeting in person. We are trying to balance our desire to gather with health in mind. This may not be reassuring, but there are so many theories on COVID and regathering at each level of government that we are hopefully in a holding pattern. But be encouraged, God has a plan for us, and at the right time, he will make it known. He has us in his hand, whether we gather in person or in spirit or even through technology. Please continue to pray as we think through when and what our first in-person gathering will look like. First and foremost, we want to honor God, our federal, state, and local government leaders, and of course you. Know you are loved and prayed for. We are thankful that our church is always open as we move in the midst of our community and world, looking for ways to be difference makers. Thank you in advance for your continued prayer, generosity, and desire to touch people's lives in creative ways. Did you hear the news? Come on, did you hear the news? Usually when most of us hear that statement said to us, we in a sense lean in and start licking our chops like this little guy. And every time the squeak is squeaked, we kind of, mmm, we want to hear the news. We're captivated by that idea. When we think we're getting some fresh news, we just uh, lick our chops. We want to know more. We want to understand what's going on. We're intrigued by that idea. Well, this week I was uh, zipping around town on an errand or something, and uh, all of a sudden up on my phone came this message 
this graphic that uh, said that we would be opening with everything coming June 1st. And I looked at that, and I got really excited, and I started to focus in. I looked at phase number three, which uh, had economics. And then also down at the bottom, I saw two things that I was looking forward to, a haircut, and also I saw religious services and weddings. And I was just so excited. I couldn't wait to share that news. Uh, part of me wanted to... Um, Part of me right then wanted to call uh, one of the leadership team to say, hey, did you hear? June 1st is the day. And, uh, but I waited. I got home. I started to look at it a little bit more. And all of a sudden, I realized that this Facebook pay post was about an island in the Caribbean. It wasn't us. I got sucked right into it. And I think some of you did, too, because I saw you liking it and sharing it. You see, it's really easy for us when we hear, have you heard, or we think we're getting some kind of news to, in a sense, really lean in. And uh, we aren't sure where it's coming from, but we just grab a hold of it and are not too sure about it. Then later on in the week, I was very excited to hear what President Trump said about church services. Identifying houses of worship, churches, synagogue and mosques as essential places that provide essential services. Some governors have deemed liquor stores and abortion clinics as essential, but have left out churches and other houses of worship. It's not right. So happy to hear our president say that worship services, churches, places of faith are essential. And if you're a person that uh, has been around the Bible a little bit, you'll know that there's scripture passage after scripture passage that talks about the benefit of us gathering in person. So there's lots of news coming out. And again, we lean in when we hear, did you hear the news? We lean in and we lick our chops wondering what's going to come our way. And when you and I are thinking about news, we need to really consider the source of the news. And Jesus gets into this in this wrapping up of the Sermon of the Mount. He's talking about uh, the the leaders, the ones that are communicating, and we're going to find out that we need to always be considering the source. So if we go to Matthew 7, looking at verses 15 through 23, and then we're going to draw out some applications from the idea of, of um, consider the source. And so if you go to verse 15, we read, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The idea here is that Jesus is saying is we need to watch out and be aware of those people that, in a sense, are spokespeople. It doesn't mean we should be jaded and not trust everything, but there needs to be a balance. We need to understand that there are a lot of prophets, a lot of people saying things out there that are really wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, they're looking to, to 
move people, have people do things to serve them, to feel better, all that kind of a thing. And Jesus, again, is saying you've got to watch out for those. Jesus goes on in verse 17 and says, Likewise, every tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So you've got prophets, you've got spokespeople, and this passage is spokespeople for God that are saying things on his behalf. And Jesus is saying, you need to see what's happening in their lives, how it's integrated into their lives. Last week we saw that there's two approaches to our spiritual life. There are those that, in a sense, kind of work for it and use that working for it to leverage it in getting other people to do what they want and also what God wants. And then there's the other approach that's a narrow gate that deals with grace. And you can catch up on that if you go back and listen to last week's. Jesus goes on in verse 21. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. When I read that and I hear that, that kind of makes me a little nervous because I look at my life and I'm trying to do things because of Christ's love in my life. And I wonder, wow, what would it take for me to get to that place where I say, Lord, Lord, I, I did these things. I am your child, and, uh, but I'm not getting into the, heaven of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus goes on to say, Many will say to me on that day, the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So what's Jesus getting at? Is that, is that this idea that at the last minute we might discover that even though we lived a life following Christ, that, that something's up in our life and, and God doesn't recognize us? I think if you look at the whole context, you're going to see, again, these two approaches to spiritual life. The approach that says, my works, my actions make me right with God. The broad gate that actually narrows as you live according to that rhythm of life. And then there's the narrow gate that says there's one way to Christ, or one way to God, and that is through Christ. It's a narrow way. And so you receive God into your life through what Christ did on the cross for us. And we enter that narrow way, and then in response, in response to having God's love, we live a certain way. And so I think as you look at this verse, what Jesus is getting at is there are people that are weighing their connection with God on their good works. And so when those folks that have not received the grace of Christ have not realized that there's nothing in of themselves that they can do to earn God's favor, though, though, when, when, there's, when, there's a, when there's a person that believes that, that's the narrow gate. But then there's this other group that, again, thinks that they're earning their way, and so they have all these things they've done, and before the judgment, they'll say, but God, but Lord, I did all these things for you. 
And Jesus is going to say, no, you didn't. You were trying to earn your way. And because you were trying to earn your way and you didn't receive my grace, you're to depart from me. So we really need to consider the source. When we're thinking of news stories, especially in our world today, there's news stories about everything. Everything has a different angle. One minute this is working, one minute this isn't working. We, a few weeks ago, showed that young lady that just was talking about all these different perspectives and kept contradicting herself. Seems like a lot of the news we get contradicts it. And so we have to consider the source. Watch out for the wolves. There are, there are people out there that are really using their place of giving information and news and pronouncement to, to just benefit themselves. I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases uh, 15 and into 16. He says this, be weary of false preachers. I might say false presenters who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity, Chances are they are out to rip you off some way or another. Don't be impressed with their charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit you, your emotions, or your pocketbook. So again, there's a balance there. It's not, a, not being jaded, but it's understanding that we need to watch out for wolves. We also need to use the information of sorting out the fruit. Uh, we see what's going on in someone's life, and we can see if they're really living what they're preaching, what they're presenting, what they're doing. Is it, is it do as I say, not as I do? Sometimes when I go in and see a doctor, and I have an ailment, and he talks to me about certain things, and occasionally I'm in with a doctor, and I can tell he's not practicing what he preaches. I sort out the fruit, and I go, in my mind, I usually don't say this to the doctor, but I go in my mind, it doesn't seem to be working in your life. Why are you asking me to do the same, do this thing? Also, he talks about work out, not work for, when it comes to your relationship with God. We work out our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. And again, that's why I see that scene of people showing up at the judgment and people saying, Lord, Lord, I did these things. And those people were working for their relationship with God, for their salvation. They weren't working it out. They went through the broad gate and then the road narrowed. Rather than going through the narrow gate that says my relationship with God rises and falls on the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus alone. So I place my trust in Christ, the weight of my life in Christ, and then I spend my days integrating that into the way I live. Not again to earn it, not to work for it, but to work out it, to show what it is to walk and live a life in alignment, in relationship with Christ. In Philippians, Paul mentions this when he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So when you think about working out, not working for, there needs to be some seriousness to that. We need to not just kind of lay it on the side. 
We need to be engaged. We saw that last week. We need to be focused. We need to be aware. We need to work out, not work for our salvation, our relationship with God. When you think of these presenters, when you think of considering the source, you could kind of sum it up with this, is what you believe determines how you behave. And there's a lot of moments where you and I say we believe something, but we really don't believe it because it doesn't affect our behavior. And with these presenters, with these preachers, with these prophets, what Jesus is getting at is they say something, but their behavior is completely different. doesn't mean as a Christ follower, you and I are perfect, but what we believe should show up in the way we behave. So as we think about that and go back to the idea that a lot of us are hungry for news, in a sense we're ravenous for news, we, we can't wait to hear the next news story, the next news bite, whether it's um, from social media, whether it's from the evening news, Fox News, NBC, CBS, wherever you get your news, PBS, uh, whether it's uh, online, whether it's up close and personal, not so much these days, we are ravenous for news. It, it, it are, we lean into that. And a number of years ago, there was uh, some news, and people weren't really considering the source. Uh, some of us are going to remember this guy, but there's this story about what went on with Mikey, he likes it. What's this stuff? Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't eat it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Regular, cinnamon, and raisin life. Nutritious, delicious. Nutritious, delicious. Raisin life doesn't sound too delicious for a kid, I don't think. But anyway. So, Mikey, you remember the story. You remember the commercials. Mikey, he likes it. And uh, th this, this has ripple effects. I mean, that little line has a part of our culture. Some of you go, not my culture, but a lot of us... That is a part of our culture. Even in the futuristic movie Matrix, the idea of Mikey, he likes it, jumps off the screen. Combat training. Jiu-Jitsu. I'm going to learn Jiu-Jitsu. Mikey, I think he likes it. How about some more? Mikey thinks he likes it. How about some more? In the future, in Matrix, that line is still around. Now, I don't know about you, but when Mikey kind of drifted off the focus point uh, or the off the uh, commercials out of uh, public view, everyone wondered what happened to him. And I want to say it was in the early 80s, there started to go around this news that everyone was leaning into. Everyone said, did you hear the news about Mikey who likes it? No, I didn't hear the news. He died. He died? Oh, that, that's horrible. What happened to him? Well, what he did is he, he, he ate too many packages of Pop Rocks. You remember Pop Rocks? Those little, those little candies that uh, would get into your, your mouth and they would like pop. And uh, he ate too many, they were carbonated. And he ate too many Pop Rocks and he drank like 
a six-pack or a case of carbonated Coca-Cola. And when he ate all those Pop Rocks and he drank all those soda, believe it or not, his stomach blew up and he died. And, and that was, you laugh. You, I wish I could go around a, an audience and say how many remember hearing that because it, it was out there. It was so out there that General Mills, the producers of the cereal and some connection with Pop Rocks, sent 50,000 principals a letter explaining that Mikey did not die by eating Pop Rocks and drinking Coca-Cola. To the fact that it that, that rumor stayed on, that news hung on for so long that eventually General Mills stopped producing Pop Rocks. Now, you can get them today because somebody else picked that up, but way back then, they didn't want to have the thing to do with that product. And it was all from a made-up, Rumor of news. Actually, Mikey is still alive. He's an executive producer for commercials. And this is him posing years later, eating some life cereal. There he is. His name is John. Not Mikey, too, by the way. So he's, there he is. So he is totally alive. You see, we as people are ravenous for news. And we really need to consider the source. Especially in our days today life. Now, it's easy to pick on the story of Pop Rocks and too much Coca-Cola blowing up your stomach. By the way, Mythbusters actually did a whole show on how that wouldn't happen. I don't know how they did it. I'll spare you the clips, but they, they did this whole show on the fact that this was impossible. It was a myth, yet it put a candy out of business. It, it took a candy off the shelves because people were worried about their stomachs blowing up if they drank a lot of carbonated drink and ate Pop Rocks, so it was gone. We read this in Exodus. Do not pass along a false report. Do not join hands with the wicked by becoming a malicious witness. We could go over and over and over and see these, these ideas, uh, Exodus, Proverbs, and other places in the Scriptures. This idea is do not pass along false reports. Sometimes it's very innocent, sometimes not so innocent. And in a sense, when you and I don't gather all the facts and we join hands with a source, we are a part of their malicious witness. We need to be aware of that. We need to be weary of that. We need to realize that there's wolves. We need to sort out the fruit. We need to understand that there's these concepts out there that, that aren't accurate, and we can get sucked into them and then start projecting them ourselves. Another Proverbs, same kind of idea, a little expands it a little differently. Get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to all the good sense you can have. That last little phrase makes me think of common sense. But in our day and age, common sense isn't so common. But get all the facts. And if you can't get all the facts, if you can't, in a sense, rest the well-being of your life on something that you're presenting to other people, I wouldn't present it. I'd stay away from it. If someone wanted to work on my car and 
they didn't have all the facts, didn't have all the ideas, or someone wanted to do surgery on me, I would want to get all the facts. I would not want to lean into what they're saying. And if I could not get all the facts, I wouldn't in a rush to just come out on some position, grab a hold of something. It's better for us to say, I don't know. There's been some times where there's been some spiritual conversations about behavior, and it gets really tricky, and I can remember meeting with some leadership folks about a certain kind of behavior. I'm not going to go into all the details. And, and there was two predominant positions, and I looked at both positions, and I said, I don't feel good about either position. So instead of feeling the pressure that I have to have a position, I'm going to say I don't have a position. This way in the morning sometimes makes sense. This way in the evening sometimes makes sense. But I'm not going to practice, in a sense, spiritual medicine on someone's life when I'm not sure. I'm not going to make someone be the guinea pig of an idea, of a concept that they may just catch and grab a hold of when I don't have all the facts. And there are some things in our world today that we will not get all the facts. There's one area we can have the facts, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments, but there's lots of things we are just not going to know. I've had conversations with folks about the intent of some politician, why they're doing this, why they're not doing this, and, and they're just guessing. A couple weeks ago, we talked about David's older brother who superimposed his sinful behavior on David. David was clueless. That's not why David was there at the battle lines but because the older brother thought he would have been there at the battle lines himself because of this, he transferred that over to his younger brother, David. You need to be very careful when we don't know people firsthand to go way overboard with what we think they're thinking. Get all the facts and hold on tightly to good sense, all the good sense you can. So when, when it comes to us presenting, projecting, we want to make sure that, in a sense, we're not false prophets because we have not really looked at the source. It doesn't mean we're false prophets because we're trying to earn our way to God and earn our way into the favor of others, the way many of the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes were doing. But, but in a sense, there are people that respect you, respect me, and we're in a sense a prophet, a presenter of ideas. You need to be very careful. You need to be very careful that what we say doesn't, in a sense, taint our witness of faith in somebody else's life. We need to think about faith before posts, before our Facebook posts, before our uh, Instagram posts, before whatever our posts are, our tweets, we need to think about faith first, then posts. There's sometimes some ideas that I totally agree with, and I, I actually think they're solid, they're not sketchy, but because of the connection of who is posting it, I refrain from doing it. Because I don't want someone to click on that and go, oh, Dave agrees with this person, this person believes this, but they also believe this, so Dave must believe both of these things. See, faith before posts. You see, often you and I don't see any conflict between our faith and our views, but we definitely see conflict in other people's faith and their views. 
There are some very good people that uh, have different expressions, whether they're conservative, liberal, whatever, but they love Jesus. And I look at their life and go, how does your faith connect with that view? I don't see it. I, I think that's conflicted. And it doesn't even register with them. And then they look at my life and they see the same thing. They say, Dave, how can you have a faith and hold on to those views? It's just going to be natural, and we need to make sure that we don't get worked up about some of those things. We need to understand that we need to use our voice wisely. We only have so much voice, and we need to use it wisely. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I've had uh, laryngitis or something going on with my voice, and it's not as strong. And you know, sometimes on a Sunday morning, and I have to, to speak, and uh, you, now you're going to judge me. But if I'm over there, sometimes I'm just mouthing the words. I'm not singing because I'm trying to save my voice. Now you're going to be looking over going, is Dave uh, singing or not singing? You know, but I, I do that because i got to save my voice. So when I get up to speak, I have a voice. So much more important to save your voice and use it wisely. You only can say so many things. You only can tag to be tagged to so many concepts. Peter writes, quietly trust yourself to Christ your Lord. Sometimes when I think about this, I think in those areas that I'm not sure, those areas that concern me and I want to have a position and I want to state the position, but I'm really not sure, I quietly trust myself to the Lord. Then if anybody asks why you believe as you do, be ready to tell them, and do it in a gentle and respectful way. Believe as you do. I think that's talking about faith things. Not necessarily talking about politics and all that stuff. Obviously, we want our politics to be a reflection of the way we think and all of that. But we want to make sure that when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of life, people are coming to us about our faith more than just our views and our news. So if we're going to use our voice wisely, we need to anticipate questions. We need to anticipate what people might ask us when it comes to faith. Why do we believe this? Why do we live this way? Why don't you do that, but you do this? And every person we're connected with in a relational level, uh, we get to know them, and they're going to have different kinds of questions, so we anticipate when they're going to ask. Somebody has a tragedy take place in their life, and so when I start connecting with them, I, I think, when will they bring up how could God have let this happen in my life? I need to anticipate that question. It doesn't have to be a perfect answer, because again, I'm going to trust in the Lord to help walk me through, but at least I've thought about it. I'm getting ready for that question to be answered. I don't want to be surprised by that. If you only have so much voice into someone's life, make sure you don't waste it on crazy stuff, on stuff that really doesn't matter in the big schemes of eternity. Don't, don't waste it on that. Don't let them tag you with those kinds of ideas so they're not willing to listen to you when you speak of faith. Know what's important to voice. For a Christ fall, that means you, you make that a part of your prayer life. Sometimes I go into a situation, I'm talking with someone, and, I, and I, I'm actually talking with the Lord. They don't know that, but the, the Lord is in this conversation. They don't, they don't even know that. 
but I'm asking the Lord, what's important to say? What's, what's not important? What, what, do I, what do I just stay clear of? Sometimes I, I realize there are certain things that I could be right about that just don't need to be said. Sometimes when I'm meeting with someone to talk about spiritual things, to talk about God, and, and they, ha- they misquote something, it's a little bit off, or I'm in a Bible study and it's a little bit off. A lot of times it's not because I'm just letting it slide. It's, just, it's not important to call that out. Sometimes I'm surprised, and this may sound a little bit bad, but uh, I'm surprised when I'm uh, talking with a couple, just even talking, just having fun, talking with a couple, nothing heavy, and um, one of, the, one of the spouses says, yeah, on Wednesday we did this. And then the other spouse real quickly says, no, it was Tuesday. Okay. I, I, I just, and now they start, no, it was Tuesday, Wednesday. Who cares if it was Wednesday or Tuesday? I just don't, I don't get that. Know what's important. Doesn't matter whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever. I, I, maybe it is important, but if, if it isn't, just you don't need to go down that road mentioned this before, we're going to have trouble with this, but this idea that some truth is more important than other truth, even biblical truth. There's some things that are more important than other truth. Your belief on end times is important, but your belief that there's a narrow gate and it's Christ alone is much more important than that. You and I need to understand, if there was a robbery and a police officer came to the place it was happening, uh, there would be all kinds of information going on. You might want to know what the person looked like, what color their eyes were. But then they would say, was the person armed? Did they carry a firearm? And they would want to know that. They would actually think it's more important to know that the person had a firearm than whether their uh, baseball cat was turned one way or the other way. That's, that's truth. But there's more important things. So you and I need to understand the difference between that. That's why when it comes to communicating on a Sunday morning, there are some areas I don't touch on because it's not that it's not truth, but I think there are other more important things to talk about. I think it's more important how you love others directly with your lifestyle than talking about some of these things that are way out there um, and, and, and really don't play into caring for other people. Occasionally, I'll meet someone that knows all these Bible facts, all these things, but when I watch how they treat those closest to their lives, it seems to be absent with love. See, we need to realize that some truth is more important than other truth. I think it falls into two categories, this idea of open-handed truth. In Romans, we read this, welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do, and don't jump over them, all over them. Every time they do or say something, you don't agree with them. Treat them gently. So I actually uh, have some close friends that uh, are sometimes a little more conservative than I am. Uh, Sometimes I have some friends that are a little more, uh, we would say, charismatic. And so we have these different views. But uh, we just don't get into that stuff. It's it's open-handed. What's important is that you love Jesus, that you're following Jesus, that you spend time with Jesus. And that's, that's reflected in the way you live. Some of these other things are, are important, but they're not as important as that. 
Then obviously there are those things that we're closed-fisted about, and we've talked about that. Jesus talked about that last week with the narrow gate. That, that's very close-fisted. There's no wiggle room there. Paul writes, if anyone preaches any other good news, good news being that Christ came for us, died for us, uh, died for our sins, rose again, and, and welcomes us into a life of following him, which starts now and goes through eternity. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. In other words, that's closed-fisted. There are some things that are closed-fisted, and you're not to budge on. But for many of us, it's not the closed-fisted things we don't budge on. It's the open-handed things. You see, as we're captivated by news coming at us in different sources. We have to ask ourselves, do we understand the source? Do we under really understand what we're hearing? And what are we doing with it? And we need to be careful that when we come up with some idea or some idea comes across our screen, we need to understand that when you and I sign on to that, that also, in a sense, signs on our belief in the good news in faith. So, as we think about all these things, as we think about source news, our bottom line is this. Replace fake news. We all have heard about that. Unimportant news and confusing news with the bed, solid rock, good news. We shouldn't get caught up in all those kinds of things. Replace fake news, unimportant news, and confusing news with the good news. Tie your life more to the good news than all these ideas that come and go, that some days are real and all of a sudden they change. Tie yourself to the good news that doesn't change. And then as you present, as you in a sense are a prophet in somebody else's life, a preacher in somebody else's life, they don't let all the fake, unimportant, confusing news cloud their vision of the good news in you and me. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your tender care with us. And Father, these are very interesting times. There's ideas about everything out there. And sometimes we have buy-in, sometimes we don't. Sometimes our opinion uh, shifts. And it's just like the, like the sea. But Lord, we're thankful that when it comes to the good news, there is no shifting. And I'd ask in times like these that we would live our lives well enough that people see the good news living in us and it attracts them to you. Help the biggest flag we raise up the flagpole be the good news of Jesus Christ, not all these other things. Lord, we want to make a difference in people's lives, especially in times like this. Help us to do that. Help us to leverage. Help us to be wise with our voices. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for being with us this Sunday morning online. Uh, we thank you for the way you continue to give sacrificially. We thank you for that way. That helps us make a difference in people's lives. Uh, continue. If you uh, have a need, we would love to be the conduit to help you with whatever those are. See if we can do that. 
Uh, so you can see my email address. You can call the office Tuesday through Friday, and we can see if we can help you out. Also, if you um, have some resources that you want to offer, you want to come alongside somebody, you can let us know also about that. At 11.15, we're going to be doing our Zoom virtual coffee time. Uh, that's been really a highlight of our Sundays, getting together that way. I look forward to seeing many of you in just a few moments. Uh, again, continue to be well. We'll keep you informed of next steps, next phases for our church family as we start to really think about what it means to gather in person. Uh, this week, you should be getting some things in the mail from us that talk more about that in detail. So uh, have a good rest of your Sunday. Uh, take care, be well, and God bless.